Hello and welcome to the Three Musketeers podcast. Introducing the brothers behind it, Hamid and Hissam Amiri. Join them on their journey as they discuss unconventional topics from different perspectives. Real experience with key speakers around the world. Welcome back to another episode with Three Musketeers production. Uh, myself, Hamid and Hesam. Tonight we have a guest who I've known for many, many years. Got told off several times. Got detention several times. Uh, it. We go back to my head of year, where I think at the moment is head of school, uh, Stuart Davis. Stuart, welcome to our podcast. Uh, thanks for having me, Hamid and Hesam. It's uh, lovely to talk with you guys again. So we'll we'll jump into it straight away. Do you want to? I think before we talk about the topic, which I'll cover off in a second, uh, we already mentioned obviously Stuart. You know, is head of school in one of the big schools in South Wales, Cardiff. Uh, I think before we do that, we'll just let Stuart give an intro. And FYI, it still feels weird calling Mr. Davis Stuart. I'm just throwing it out there because Hesson is looking at <laughs> me weird. Um, so Stuart, do you want to just give us an intro off? Not just your background, but obviously, you know, how long you've been, I guess, in the profession. Sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, like you said, we have known each other a long time. And um, it's fine to call me Stuart now, Hamid. You are, I guess you must be 30 now, mustn't you? At least, maybe 31 there's, even, actually. There's, so, yeah, there's fine no to need. There is no need to... <laughs> can we just edit that bit out? That, you know, the Hesom was shaking his head. Um, for the audiences, yeah, for the audiences, you know, we we have a we have a sense of humour. You know, I'm not actually 30 plus yet, so we'll cut that bit out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been uh, at Kate's High uh, since 2000. I actually it was um, the second school I went to on my uh, PGCE placement. Um, so when I was a student teacher, I went there in January 2000. Uh, and I've been there ever since, really. I, I started work there in the September uh, as, a, as a teacher um, and then be, was a head of year for seven years, including a, a spell as your head of year, Hamid, which is yeah. uh, I had a full head of hair when I took over your year group and uh, had very little left by the time you guys uh, finished school. Um, you almost quit but five yeah, times. so I've been. <laughs> say it again. I said you almost quit five times because of Hamid's uh, year. Whoa, 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 whoa! I'm sure, I'm sure right, somewhere, yeah. somewhere That's in right, history, we're, we're known to be one of the best years. You know, we gave the most fun to, right. to, to Stuart. You're my favourite year, anyway. <laughs> you always my favourite year group. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's all year groups. Uh, yeah. So, but I've been lucky enough um, to be in the senior leadership team uh, at the school since 2011. I was assistant head for four years, uh, deputy head for six years, uh, and in September. I was very honoured to be given the opportunity to sort of uh, lead the school as head teacher uh, temporarily. Uh, and then in December, I was uh, even more honoured to uh, be given the headship permanently after the uh, the interview process took place. So, yeah, it's, it's a really exciting time uh, for me personally, professionally, to have the great honour to lead Katei's High School because it's, uh, it's an incredible community, amazing children and families. And... Um, incredibly hard-working and dedicated uh, members of staff. So uh, despite the, uh, the sort of strangeness of the world uh, that we find ourselves in, it's, uh, it's, it's a great honour and, and I really 
thoroughly enjoy the relish that opportunity to uh, to lead such a such an exciting school really. Uh, wow, I mean, I didn't know you started uh, literally a year before um, I joined Cotes, and that kind of shows how long um, yeah. I've, I've known uh, I've known Stuart. And and to be fair, before we, we even go into um, the topic, super congratulation, uh, well deserved. Thank you. Um, and hopefully, when COVID, you know, um, has gone away one way or another, and come back, and I say, you know, Stuart was my head of year, and now he's like, you know top of the food chain as they say um <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, i'm not sure i describe it that way but yeah it's uh yeah it's, it's a great honor and um yeah and it's been it's been lovely actually um you know to to connect with some of the old um you know that have contacted me through social media and, and by email over the last uh six months or so it's been really nice to catch up with some some of those uh, guys um uh, yeah, and and t- to be fair, I always reflect back reflect back at my time in school, um, and probably how that shaped me. And talking about schools, um, and obviously we are still middle of a pandemic, uh, and when yeah. we're recording this now, we're in our third lockdown in UK in yeah. South Wales. It's a strange time for all of us, but I'm guessing for you guys. You know, it's even more strange because your profession is, you know, to be there for, you know, the younger generation, teach them the ways, you know, educate them. How's it been for you, you know, from typical physical school um, to obviously how it is now? Yeah, that's a big question, really, isn't it? Um, it's it's completely different in many ways, uh, but. Some things remain the same, you know. So it is strange. I go into school every day, um, and and the building is um, it's quiet. It's not empty because there are staff on site, um, and we've got about twenty to thirty children in every day. So we've got a, a group of um, children uh, whose parents are key workers, and we've also got a group of children that um, you know we would sort of vulnerable learners, children that we would be worried if we didn't see them on a regular basis or, or uh, for some other reason why we feel it's best for them to come into school. So there's about 20 to 30 uh, on any particular day. So there's obviously uh, a group of staff, um, mostly non-teaching staff supervise those children. Um, and then there's, there's the kind of site team and the admin team who are in quite often. And, and Teachers come in as well, you know, although a lot stay home to do their live lessons uh, online. Uh, a number uh, do come into school for, for different reasons, things they need to get, or uh, our Wi-Fi is more reliable than theirs at home or whatever. Um, so it's not empty, but it is a very quiet uh, building uh, at the moment, which is very strange. You know, it's. Um, I do uh, look forward to the day when, hopefully in the near future, uh, if things settle down and um, uh, and the infection rate continues to go in the right direction when we'll have um, all students and staff back together again. Um, but yeah, it's certainly a very different way of working. You know, um, you know, someone had said to us 18 months ago, or 14 months ago, that we would be delivering live lessons through Teams. I mean, I wouldn't even have known what Teams was uh, 14 months ago. Um, you know, a bit of a dinosaur when it comes to technology, as you know, Hamid you have to talk me through uh, getting on this podcast tonight. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, 40 months ago, I would have had very little idea of what Teams was. Um, so, you know, to be teaching lessons to it and seeing, you know, our, our staff, teaching and non-teaching staff have been amazing, you know, the way they've adapted to these ever-changing circumstances and things can change so rapidly. Um, yeah. You know, we we were definitely not going to be closed before Christmas, and then two days later we were shutting. Uh, you know, that on on the Thursday they announced that on the Monday we would be going into a remote session, and people just took that in their stride. You know, um, so to see people who've, you know, maybe been teaching twenty years, thirty years, thirty-five years, adapt to delivering lessons online has been amazing, and and they have. You know, they the, the teaching staff have been incredible. Um, so yeah, that's very very different um, in many ways. But what remains the same is that you know actually uh, teachers and pupils they on the whole they do care a great deal about their progress, their achievement. Um, you know, pupils and teachers enjoy the interaction with each other in the live lessons. They've been really important for us. Um, you know, actually delivering those lessons through Teams rather than just posting remote activities for children to do at home. Um, you know, our engagement has, has gone up and up and up since um, all teachers really have started to deliver almost all the lessons live and, and remain in the lesson while students work and then um, are able to check their work, you know, and, and we've seen engagement go up, you know, double, more than double over the last uh, six weeks from the sort of fire break lockdown we had in November. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so those things remain the same, you know, the teachers still are incredibly important in the lives of their students and in terms of um, helping them to make progress, you know, and, and not just teachers, the non-teaching staff that, that that work with them and do well-being calls and check up on our vulnerable learners. Um, you know, all those things are, uh, are, are as important as ever, more important in many ways. I think you've highlighted something interesting and it just got me thinking because... I think when I watch the news or people watch the news, education, it seems like, you know, a place that you go learn your math, science, English, etc. But to me, when I'm reflecting back and I'm I'm, I'm going to throw the question here some way as well. For me, school, and I briefly mentioned at the beginning, school shaped me to who I am today. So it wasn't just about, you know, the maths and English and geography, PE, etc. It was much more than that because... To me, there were adults like yourself, like other teachers, that taught me how I should behave, how I should be responsible, yeah. how I should um, use my time wisely. And I think that's the essence that the the you know the kids are missing. Um, do you, do you sense that's that can come across interactive interactively? Interactive, interactively, just say online. Just say online. Yeah, I'm trying to use a big yeah, word. Yeah, online. Yeah, well, come across online. Yeah. Clearly, my English wasn't yeah. that good, and it still isn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but do, do you feel that's that's something that is that will have an impact um, or has had an impact? I think it's it's difficult to say. I mean, it, you know, yeah, you're right. Of course, you know, schools, you know, the maths, the English, the science, all the subjects—they're really important. You know, and um, the knowledge and the skills that you learn and develop and the preparation for examinations, they, they're all really, really important facets of school. You know, that academic um, training and coaching and, um, and rigor that we put in. 
but you're right, absolutely. Schools are much more than that. You know, they're a community, aren't they? They're a, they're they're society in a microcosm. You know, yeah. and um, you're absolutely right. It's where we learn to interact with people that aren't our family members. It's where we learn the kind of boundaries of right and wrong, and you know where we test things out and um, have people. You know, and this is you know, Kate's is particularly good at doing these things, but you know, so are so are many schools actually. You know, um, I can remember uh, saying um, to some students when I was ahead of you, you know, you when you leave school, you'll never meet people as patient. Uh, and as understanding of you as you will in school, um, and, and I think you know absolutely that that's part of that learning, developing, growing more widely as a as a human being, isn't it? Um, preparing you for the world uh, beyond school. So yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, what impact will this have? I mean, that's difficult to say right now. Yeah. Um, but you can see, I think. What, what strikes me, and I, and I still um, teach a little bit, not too much um, anymore, but I still teach a, a, a couple of classes, live lessons, and, you know, you can really see that the numbers of students that have engaged much more, much more fully since um, teachers, um, almost all, all teachers, or if not all teachers, are now delivering all the lessons live. Yeah. You can really see engagement, because I think students miss that. They miss that connection with their teacher. They miss that connection with each other. I mean they're a bit reluctant to sort of unmute and speak. They prefer to type in the chat bar, but I think it's the sense that there are other people there learning alongside them. I think that speaks very much to what you're saying there, Hamid. Um, and undoubtedly, you know, this, these periods of sort of enforced lockdown will have a negative impact on that development and on kind of emotional and mental well-being of young people and, and the adults that work in a school, you know undoubtedly um and and it'll be a big part of our sort of post-covid recovery that you know we work to identify uh where where those negative effects are and, and put in place provision to sort of uh counteract that and overcome yeah. that and make up for that kind of lost time as best we can i mean we did um we do a regular half-term what we call a well-being survey um We've done it for a few years. It's not just a, a, a COVID thing. Um, and it gives us both individual data on um, young people and how what their well-being is like individually. It also gives us some, some big picture data on how well we as a school do. And what we noticed, we did one in November, just after the students came back from the first fire break lockdown. Um, what we noticed was that there were new and different types of students identifying as perhaps having low well-being scores, things that, you know, we would worry about them, um, you know, and some some different groups of young people in year 10 and 11, we, you know, we've tra tracked and traced over the last sort of three, four years uh, as they've gone through the school who've never shown up as having low well-being or vulnerability. So, you know, undoubtedly these what's going on in the world is having an impact on young people's well-being and you know more young people and, and young people that perhaps you wouldn't expect uh you know you may, may expect to be able to manage their well-being and and um uh in a much more robust way in normal circumstances are actually yeah. you know they're, they're suffering and, and we need to make sure that uh, we do something about that when we um get back together and as you said it's it's one of those things that you will never know the full uh, impact until 
we're back to normality. I I, I get yeah. a sense. Um, I want to just bring her some here. So, you know, I mentioned school for me was more than that. And obviously, Stu just mentioned that is the case. It, from your perspective, what was the biggest thing? When I think uh, a few things to pick out, I think one, it's amazing how quickly schools and teachers have moved to online. I mean, when we think about schools, we know how slow things can be and how old school it can be. Yeah. But the speed... And going to Teams, which yeah. is, which is you know, the, the, the pinnacle of your... Technical tech people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, all the tech people <laughs> use Teams. So it's like, wow, yeah. everyone's joined. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's incredible because if you told me before pandemic that, oh, there'd be virtual learning and everyone will do this, we would have said, no, it's in 50 years' time. We can't do it. We don't have the capabilities. Yeah. So the speed they've moved... Yeah. Um, and how teachers have adapted and some students who've had to adapt. That's amazing in itself. Um, but to think if I was a child and it was virtual, I can't imagine it because there was a lot of stuff that I learned physically. Um, so for example, science was always the fun because there's always practical stuff that you do. Yeah. Um, and I can't, uh, I feel bad for all the naughty children like you, Hamid. Like what would you have done? I don't know. You well, can't be naughty virtual. It's hard. I know. Mr. Davis would just kick you out. The I've, run, I've run, but I got <laughs> some serious. Tr- I got some Meet serious him. trouble with with with, <laughs> with with science classes. Oh, um, I could go with the amount of teachers that remember my name for all the wrong reasons. But do you know what? You're you're hundred percent right because it's not the naughty side of it, but it's it's you're missing out on that. I think Stuart described it in a nice way. Your boundaries. You know what is wrong and what yeah. is right. Um, and yeah, you're right. There's a, there's, there has to be an admiration to say to students and to, to teachers and to obviously, you know, Kate as an organization to be able to shift so quickly yeah. to yeah. create that platform to communicate, to interact. Um, I and mean, I remember when we moved to whiteboards, the electric whiteboards. And to get everyone yeah. using it. Interactive whiteboards, took, yeah. That was yeah. A it big, took like two, three, thing. it took two, three years for everyone to learn how to use yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, what, what, what this situation has done has forced everybody, you know, we've had to adapt and change, haven't we? You know, Teams has been around, I imagine, for a long time. But, yeah. you know, we didn't have to use it now. We forced them to it. And, and some of the, um, some of my colleagues are so, uh, adapted it and have come up with so many uh, ingenious ways that you can do things on teams on google classroom google forms you, you know in a, in a short space of time really i mean what we've tried to do is, is each time we're locked down is try and learn from our mistakes and learn from the best practice that people have developed you know so as a as a school as a whole school as an organization we we, we get a bit better each time you know and um uh we apply that learning and those improvements each time we lock down and um uh, and make space and time for people to share their ex- you know colleagues to share their experiences and the best practice and to learn from the students perspectives and from families you know so from the first lockdown last march uh, to now we've we've learned so much you know and and it's not just today's obviously you know every school in wales is is doing yeah. uh, going through a similar process you know yeah, first lockdown, nobody knew how to change their background filter. Everyone now no. on Teams got their own filter of backgrounds. That's what I think is happening. I'm not sure I know how to do that anyway, but anyway, <laughs> carry on. <laughs> Glass over that. Do, do, do you think, 
even when lockdown is finished and COVID is finished, some of the, you know, the, the way you've embraced technology would stay within the education sector. Yeah, undoubtedly, I think. I mean, and that's the thing when you get these big disruptions, you know, it does force you to, to think differently, differently, to do yeah. new things. I mean, you know, we don't want to, you want children to come back together and, and, our community, our Katei community to come back together physically. Um, so we're not going to, you know, teach everybody online, of course. But yeah, you're right, absolutely. Those skills that people have developed are only going to make lessons better. Um, you know, some of the things we've done around um, professional development, professional learning for staff, uh, you know, that's so much, you know, you can access so much more, more information yeah, um, yeah. online, interactively, you know, we were still uh, getting on trains and going to London and, you know, other places. That may become a thing in the past, you know, to some extent, as, uh, you know, we moved to sort of online professional learning, you know. So, yeah, undoubtedly lots of things. And even, you know, when we're in school, we've had to adapt a lot of what we do to um, be sort of uh, be COVID safe, they call it, don't they, you know, but try yeah. and... Um, improve health and safety systems to limit the spread of COVID. So even some of those things, you know, for example, we, as you know, fellas from being in the school, we've got a pretty small uh, outdoor area at the moment. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've zoned that yard to keep in initially to keep contact groups, uh, different year groups away from each other, but it's had a really positive impact um, on, on, you know, activities at lunchtime and break time you know so that that's something that we probably keep um post covid you know oh, we've wow. um we, we've uh made sure that the one-way system around the school you know is enforced and works and again that's producing really uh calm uh, uh um sensible lesson changeovers so again that'll be something that we'll, we'll keep post covid because it just works for the school. So lots of things that, you know, you kind of forced into, which actually think, well, this is a good idea at any time. So, yeah, there's loads of things, loads and loads, teaching and learning, professional learning, managing the school site, loads of things that we'll, we'll keep, I'm sure. So with the use of technology and keeping it, have you have you worked out yet how you're going to give detentions online yet? Or is it have you not, you know, covered that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we uh, we haven't given detentions on. I mean, I would have struggled when you were in school. I'd have had to have been forced into working out the way to do something for you in school. I'm sure, but uh, kids these days are, are much better behaved, you know. Well, oh wow, wow, what a, what a society has improved. <laughs> society has improved. Oh. To be fair, for people who's read the book and uh, read some of the chapters about me being oh, in school. Know. You know, I was I was a good I was a good student. You know, I was a good. You you were fine. You were fine. You were you were a good lad. You were just. I remember when I first joined. (laughs) I remember when I first joined. Mr. Davis said, "As long as you're nothing like Hamid, you'll be good." Very true. (laughs) Very true. Very true. Yeah. Well, you definitely weren't Hashem. You were much more like Hussein. I liked Hussein. You know, he was a good lad, and you were much more like him. Um, But no, look, Hamid, I'm only teasing you. You were actually a a nice lad. You know. Lots of young people go through little phases where they get into bits of uh, bits of trouble, don't they? You know, in school, and then you know, lucky you know, successful, uh, charming, pleasant, 
polite, respectful young man, old man now, at 31, aren't you? Why Why do you have to go and ruin it with like, you know? Um, anyways, we could go on about this for, for forever and then just let Stuart keep having a dig. So I'm just going to, we're just going to cut that out, yeah. Um, so you're 100% right. Some technologies and lessons that, you know, will stay. Um, we We see a lot of stuff on the news about, you know, education and the impact and, you know, the quicker we get this, the students back to school, um, the better. What's, from your perspective, and this is a personal, you know, view, wh- where do you sit on, you know, how quickly, how safely, and, you know, what should be, what should be the way forward? What should be the way out? Uh, I think, you know, I think actually the, the Welsh government has, um, handled it pretty well really haven't they you know they've um they've taken uh, the advice of the scientists and the medical people who who have the best evidence on which to base judgment so you know look all of us want children to be back in school all of us want normality don't we i mean i want my own children to go back to school because um they're driving us mad in the house um and i want the children of Cotage to be back in school with their teachers. But, you know, I want everybody to be safe and I want, uh, you know, I, so yeah, I think in short, you know, I, I, I couldn't put a time frame and say, I think everybody should be back on this date or that date. You know, I think we have to trust in the medical experts and the scientists, um, you know, to, to give us the best year on what the right thing is. I mean, the youngest children are going back or the intention is for them to go back. If, um, infection rates keep um, falling over the yeah. next couple of weeks. So they, they're due to go back on the 22nd. And I guess um, they can then take a bit of a barometer to see what impact that has for, a, for over a few weeks. Um, and then, you know, they'll, they, I guess they'll start planning and looking at the best ways in which older students can go back. I mean, obviously, you know, we worry about having our sort of exam age students in our, our formers, your 11s, your 10s, that we've got to gather evidence on which to base grades. Um, you know, so it would be great to, to be able to see them uh, for as much time as possible. Um, but also, you know, at the same score, um, our Key Stage 3 students, you know, they, they're missing school and they're missing learning and they're missing each other. So um, we want them to be back as well as soon as possible. But I guess when it's safe to do so, really. I was going to say, um, is it, because there's a lot of teachers who are got kids themselves, how difficult is it to juggle having kids of your own who don't go to school and then you trying to teach and manage a whole yeah, school? Manage a whole school? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, my children are, you know, personally, I mean, I'm fortunate my, my eldest is, uh, he'll be 18 now in, um, in a couple of weeks and uh, my youngest is, um, he's nearly 15. So, you know, it's not, such a pressure as if they were younger, which which many colleagues in school do have. So, you know, it is difficult, of course, to to, to try and juggle childcare and working from home or working in school. Um, you know, so we, we try to be flexible where we can and work around that for people, um, you know, so that they can be at home to look after their own children. I mean, you know, we've said that if, you know, if, if people can work from home, they should. Obviously, there's some you know, we need some people to supervise the children in school. So there's a rotor there for non-teaching staff, teacher assistants and things um, and pastoral staff to sort of be in and 
working with young people and, and work from home as well. So, you know, we try to be flexible. But yeah, it, undoubtedly, it's, it's, it's hard, isn't it? I mean, even with my two being 15 and 18, they still, you know, if, um, my wife uh, does a bit of working from home and, and, um, and going into her centre. She, she's a teacher, but she works with 16 to 19 year olds uh, at the moment. Um, you know, she's at home with them and they're nagging her and asking her questions about their work. So it is difficult. It is really difficult. And, and it's difficult for the parents of, of our children and, you know, for children of other schools. You know, we've got to be understanding. And I think we are, you know, that's why we put on the live lessons. That's why we find those to be um, a good solution, you know, in that, yeah. on the whole, teachers kind of stay in that lesson for the 90 minutes. You know, they do a bit of input. They set the students off on a task and then, they're able to see what the students, so they can help the students more, and it takes the pressure off parents a bit, and um, you know, uh, which is what what we try to do. I mean, that's not always possible in every school, and and it's not always possible where, you know, for primary colleagues, because it's more difficult to have children online for longer periods. Then, isn't it? You know, but yeah, it's tough. I think for anybody in any job to be um, working at home and looking after your children. I think. Well, yeah. a long-winded answer, I haven't, I? No, 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 no. You're you're 100% right. Um, and you know, you're talking about uh, being tough. I think I've got a, a quote from a child action um, poverty 2020 done a survey, and it said 40% yeah. of low-income families report that they were missing at least one essential resource to support their children learning. One third of the families who yeah. are most worried about money have had to buy laptop, tablet or other devices mm. question for me yeah. uh, you know are you worried about the not just the impact but the additional impact on those children who are from a lower income family yeah um yeah and course. to be fair yeah, absolutely. Well, as you know go on, go on sorry no no no. i was gonna say you know i'm looking at me and hesam you know it, it, 2001 we would have been in that category and you know there's nothing i'm not gonna hide away yeah. from it and if no, no. this was us now and we didn't have, you know, the you know, I'm not going to go to my resources. Mind. Yeah, you know, I would have felt even yeah. more left out. Yeah. You know, how's that impacted yeah, you? And, you know, yeah. and... well, it's a big challenge. You know, as you, you fellas, uh, you know, have alluded to there, but you know, we do part of our community. You know, are from deprived backgrounds. You know, it's materially deprived backgrounds. I mean, you know, in terms of uh, the financial situation of their families. So. You know, we're just under at the moment 40% of our young people being in receipt of free school meals, which is kind of a, a measure of, um, of financial um, yeah. uh, deprivation. You know, parents have to be below a uh, income level for, to qualify for that. So, you know, the local charge has been very good, actually, in Cardiff. Um, you know, we gave away all the... Um, I was say gave away. We loaned out, obviously, all of the... We use Chromebooks, you know, sort of laptop-type things, aren't they? Um, yeah. At the start in March uh, last year, uh, which didn't cover all the need of all of our children. Um, the local authority have had several shipments of Chromebooks, which, you know, they've distributed to schools, and schools have distributed to those families. But um, I think we gave away... Uh, gave out... Sorry, not gave away. Gave out, loaned out um, 93 more uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and we've still got, you know, 20 or so children um, that haven't got one themselves. I think every family's got one now, you know, but we're trying to give 
one to each child because obviously they've got live lessons all at the same time. So, um, yeah, it's it's obviously a concern, and it's not for want of um, you know for for, for want of uh, the desire to, to to make sure they've got the resources they need. You know, where we've identified uh, children that that you know are, are, have gone a long time. You know, those are some of the children we've brought into school to be able to to work in school, you know. Um, but, yeah, it is a concern. You know, there, there is another batch of Chromebooks on the way which will go out. I mean, one of the challenges for Cate's, I mean, as you guys know, we every Monday we have new starters, don't we, in every year group. Yeah. Um, so, you know, children don't start, like, you know, lots of children don't start at Cate's on September the 1st each year in year seven. You know, they'll start on any Monday morning right throughout the school year, and they'll come into every year group. From year seven to eleven, um, and you know a disproportionate percentage of those children starting through the year will not have a device at home. So this Monday we had four children; three of them didn't have devices. Last Monday we had four children start, and all of them, none of them had a device. Sorry. So you know they're, they're adding to that list that we need the next batch of Chromebooks to load out to them. Um, you know, so we, we, we get to a point where we think, right, we're almost there where we've given almost everybody now their own, every family's got one. And then in, by the time the next batch come along in sort of uh, six to eight weeks, you know, we've got another 30, 40 students perhaps that have joined the school and, and perhaps three quarters of those will, will not have a device that we'll need to, to loan out. Um, something really nice actually that happened recently was... Um, as you know, guys, the, the school was, was built in 1932. So the alumni for Cate's High, the former students, you know, are people, um, you know, in their 80s and 90s, right through to, to younger people like yourselves. And um, one of uh, our alumni who left in the early 1950s, um, he donated the money for us to buy three Chromebooks. Um, so we were able to, to, to give those to three students in in desperate need of them uh, last week. So that was a really nice thing. Uh, and, you know, that's one of the advantages of, I guess, being such an old school in the middle of Cardiff. You know, you have uh, so many former students that look back fondly on their time in the school and um, and, and want to give back, you know? Uh, and I think you've highlighted something interesting in there. So one, once this um, episode is out, what we'll do is we'll put a link um of maybe Stuart's Twitter. I'm trying to work out what's the best way to get hold of you if they wanna yeah. donate um yeah, you know, of any course. equipment, Chromebooks. Yeah. Um because yeah. end of the day, as you said, these are kids age twelve, thirteen, fourteen, trying to get their education yeah. or start their education and the least we could do as 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 a community, as a society, um is to try and help out in any way possible. Um, so we will do our best yeah, to absolutely. No, that, that's, that get would the be, word uh, out there. That would be appreciated, fellas. I mean, it wasn't... Uh, I didn't bring it up as a sort of... Uh, oh, no, 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 as, uh, honestly. As no, no. I just wanted to highlight the generosity of one. But yeah, absolutely. That would be fantastic, fellas. Thank you. That's the least we could do. Um, do you ever feel, you know, when COVID is finished and everything is back to normal, how do you feel the school would be? Because in my head, and I'll give my I'll give my view first before asking the question. Apologies, slightly rude. 
asking a guest oh, question good. and before before asking I'm, I'm giving my opinion um Hassan's shaking his head you might as well just ask the question yourself no 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 because <laughs> <laughs> no, what i'm visualizing is as adults even when COVID's finished it there'll still be a bit of nervousness that you know a person coughs and yeah. get close and a distance how do you yeah. envisage that in x months you know when things are back to how he how he was pre-covid or would it ever go to how he was pre-covid that's uh wow that's a big question isn't it i mean i think you're right i think um i think the sort of psychological impact for people will last um for a long time after perhaps you know the physical virus is controlled if it can be controlled mm. uh, you know or, or the vaccination program is uh, kind of in full swing. I think you're right. Um, you know, I think people will be nervous about things. You know that that we've had a year of them. We have um, keeping our distance from each other, which is not natural for us as human beings. I don't think is it. You know, I think no. um, we're social creatures. We like to be in groups. We like to be with each other. We like to be in close proximity with people. Um, so, you know, undoubtedly, that's going to have a psychological impact. I think. I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, you know, at some point, I'm sure that, um, you know, that it'll fade into our collective memory. You know, I mean, we've, as, as a human race, we've been through um, pandemics in the past, haven't we? You know, the flu epidemic of 1918, the plagues of the kind of Middle Ages and things. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, those, those were people like us, weren't they? You know, who, who lived through that. And, um, you know, at some point, that kind of worked this way through and, and people went back to, to, to a degree of normality. So sure that will happen in the fullness of time, but I think you're right that it, it, it'll take uh, perhaps a lot longer than, than we anticipate um, between now and then, you know? And do you think that'd be teachers and students? You know, to... to... Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, what, 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 uh, what we sort of noticed um, when we went back in September... Um, you know, was that people were sensible about following the kind of health and safety procedures on the whole. Um, you know, people sort of got into patterns. I mean, you know, the students more often than not needed a bit of reminding, you know, about keeping a distance and things. But generally, you know, people were very sensible. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be natural for us all, isn't it, to be a little standoffish. And I'm sure that there'll be pockets of students um, and families that will need to work really hard with to uh, convince them that, you know, that, that the right thing to do is for their children to come back, physically come back to school. Um, you know, more more students and perhaps different types of students than, than we would normally uh, be working with around um, poor attendance. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely going to be... Um, I don't think weird is the right word. It's going to be almost surreal when... Yeah, all all the restrictions are 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 gone, and they say, okay, go on, go and yeah. hug someone outside. Go and hug someone. Yeah, I I mean, and yeah. um, Stuart is Stuart is right. There was a report of a lady, I think she survived. Was the Spanish flu? I might be. We got my timing wrong. Yeah. Um. And yeah, the issue was. Yeah, no, I think you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah, and then she's like, well, we managed. I managed to get through that, and we went to back to normality, and this is just another, yeah. um, event that we'll 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 go through through together. And I think it leads nicely yeah. to audience uh, listeners out there 
um from from parents to children who you know are struggling with uh you know the concerns on education and covid so what i want to do probably to wrap it up is and, and we'll, all three of us will have a we'll have a go um i'm gonna pick on hesam first um i think the point i was gonna ask or the question was some tips for parents out there to motivate their children but you know Stuart at the moment is yeah. the only one who's a parent so maybe <laughs> maybe the point for me and hesam should be what will be uh and, I, and i'm looking at you first is what will be your advice to children out there um going through this and what should they look forward to oh, okay so i'm the first one and then everyone else gets time to think yeah exactly to come yeah, yeah, really we, cool i get time to think that's good <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. for me i would say um to everyone who's younger young adults young adults is that's what katez used to all the time call us um, that was you guys they didn't call us adults she just called me a kid he's like you're a child yeah. I think, the way you act in. <laughs> I think it was Mr. Brown. He's like, you guys are young adults. Always remember that. Yeah. Uh, so the, the one thing I would say is um, experience. Is, you won't have the full experience of school, unfortunately. But um, what you guys with education and everything, um, we are lucky with technology. Um, the only thing I could think of if this was 1918 there would be no virtual school. There would be no books. There would yeah. be no none of this stuff. Yeah, um, we are lucky in essence. Yeah, We've got point. technology on our side. Mm. Even ten, fifteen years ago, we would have been struggling. We'd all been on dial-up, trying to connect. Yeah, our yeah, teams. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. so we are lucky that we've got this uh, technology, and I think everyone should try to use it yeah. as best as they can. Um, so that is my yeah. advice wow. to kids. That was that was good. Even though you know, yeah. I I rambled on at the start. Yeah, there was, a, there was a long some, pause. I was yeah. like, no, it was good. Yeah. I was like, it was is good. he gonna say Count, something? Count your blessings. That's also there you go. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's what I said that's as well. Count your blessings. Yeah, yeah. You can see. Uh, uh, over to Hamid, and then last uh, we'll give it to. <sighs> okay, all right. I've had time to think about. Um, what would be my advice? I think when you're in a situation negative low obviously in the scenario covid you you count yourself unlucky you um you always look at the negative side or i think some people do um i think for me for the children listening out there or the young adults as some said when this is over unlike um someone else unlike a lot of people you can look back benchmark this and reference this and say me as a child of 12 13 14 15 16 managed to go through a worldwide pandemic and still mm. um achieved my goals and ambitions in education and got my results that i wanted and fast forward five six years later when you're an adult and you're um, got a deadline or you go into an interview or whatever you can always make a reference and say that was me I went through that which is yeah, yeah. you know was really difficult it was all over the news and I came out of it okay that'd be my advice to those children right now you might not see it but when you're at the side of it you will actually realize when you reflect back that this taught you so much more 
than he would have been if you were in school. That'd be my advice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think how was how was that for you, Hassan? There you go. Yeah, that was. All right, now we've given Stuart plenty of time to you know think of like the the best yeah. line and put some big words in there. So um, over to yeah. you, and obviously in your case, it could be tip for parents, but also children. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, some practical things I think that would be um, helpful for students and for parents trying to help students is, um, you know, try and keep some routines. So, you know, at Cate's we've got our remote learning um, in three sessions: so eight thirty till ten, eleven till twelve thirty, one thirty till three. You know, encourage students to follow that pattern. Your, your children to follow that pattern, and students, you know, follow the pattern. Get up in the morning. Shower, get dressed, get ready with your uh, device. So keep the routine. That's important, I think. Give yourself a sense of purpose. You know, aim to complete the tasks to the deadlines that the teacher set um, within the live lesson, most of those, or perhaps just after it. But try and keep to those deadlines. You know, don't let things build up. Don't let work build up on you. I think that those are really important. I think uh, in terms of um, well-being, really important, um, well, and, and work, actually. It's really important that students contact teachers if they're struggling with work, if they uh, feel like they're falling behind, they understand something, drop your teacher an email, put something in the Teams chat, whichever you feel most comfortable with, so they can help you. You know, if it's well-being, then contact your head of year or whichever member of staff it is that, that, that you work with in terms of well-being and let them know so they can arrange to contact you, perhaps do a home visit or a phone call. Um, Try and keep a healthy sleeping pattern. Now, this is something I battle with my youngest son about. Um, you know, try and get him to go to bed at a normal time he would on a school day and get up at a normal time, you know, keep because sleep is massively important to uh, your well-being and how in control of your well-being you feel, I think. So have a good routine and, and a healthy sleeping pattern that's as close to normal as you can. Um, and then I think you guys talked about some really nice things there about taking the positives out of the situation, which I think is really important. And, and actually, um, I wrote a little article for our Cate's magazine uh, this week. And, you know, some of those things were about the positives, about how this terrible time has actually brought unity and strengthened the community uh, of Cate's High School. You know, students teachers, non-teachers, uh, families, all working together to try to make the best situation to keep children safe um, and to keep them learning. You know, there's a real sense of unity that comes out of it. You know, they talk about, uh, from the Second World, the blitz spirit in London, you know, where they went through that hardship together and came out yeah. the other side as a kind of stronger community. I think that's definitely true. And I think that, that, that you can feel that. You know, our communication with parents is really positive when they communicate with us, you know, they may uh, be asking us for help or maybe questioning what we're doing, but it's always constructive, it's always positive, um, you know, and, and we try to do the same, and children have, the, the behaviour of students this year when in school and in live lessons has been brilliant, amazing, absolutely amazing, you know, because you can see everybody's really pulling together and what a strong community, you know, and, and when we come out of this, whatever that is, you know, it'll be a real springboard for developing our community strength and unity even further and a practical little thing you know which helps sometimes is once a week or once a day 
you know, write down something that was positive, was good about that day, however small or large. You know, perhaps you finished some work, did some, made some particularly good contribution to a live lesson, or you know, helped uh, your, your child to complete the talk. Whatever it is, you know, write down something positive just to remind you, the little log that you know, despite the terrible hardships that we're going through, that good things happen every day. That would be my advice. Beautifully put. Um, and, and to be fair, I think that's probably the best way to summarise it. Um, and and a way to conclude this um, episode. Before we do, um, I think uh, on behalf of the uh, Three Musketeers podcast, myself and, ha- uh, myself and Hamid, <laughs> that's not right, is it? <laughs> myself and no. uh, Hesam. Um I was just looking at myself in the mirror, so then I caught a glance of there's a third person talking. Um, I'm joking. There is no mirror in front of me before anyone says anything. On behalf of <laughs> on behalf of Three Musketeers podcast, we want to donate two Chromebooks to Cates. Uh, so Stuart, um, oh, that's so kind of you, fellas. We'll we'll work out the details. Um, you know how to do it. Um, yeah. and how oh, to send really it to you guys. That's really kind of you guys. Just really generous. Thank you very much, both. Uh, do you know what we? We've, I know we've, we've, we've joked around on other laugh, but just listening to what you're doing, what your guys are doing, what the organisation doing of Cates. Yes, it's a school that we went to, but it also made us realise how important it is to pull together uh, during this difficult time. Um, so the least we could do is, uh, is as I said, give you guys a shout out on what you're doing, but also you know um do a, a small donation to you guys as well so two chromebooks from from oh, us you coming so your way um and i think that's kind of how i want to just wrap it you know on a on a good note not giving another thank student you. another chance to you know yeah. um talk about how old you are 31 expose what you were like in school <laughs> to the public expose do you know what we could do it we could do a whole episode which would be very wrong about exposing hence <laughs> i will really look forward to that one as well <laughs> I'm yeah, writing yeah, a I'll book. Print off all the if you want. Next time, come on and read yeah. them out. I'm writing a book, exposing Howard Amiri. <laughs> oh God. Uh, by the way, whoever's listening to it, they're just joking, right? You know, this, this, this not. Yeah, we're yeah, joking. Yeah. yeah. All right. Seriously, a big thank you, Stuart. Right. Thank you so much um, for having me on, guys. It was a huge no honour to come on your podcast. Thank you. No worries. Take care. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Three Musketeers, hosted by Hamid and Hissam Amiri. Don't forget to share and follow, as more thought-provoking episodes with guests around the world will be appearing soon. See you soon.